Welcome to Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership, the weekly podcast that explores the very best in professional development and productivity in the nonprofit sector. I'm your host, Patton McDowell, and I'm excited to bring you this bonus episode of Your Path to Nonprofit Leadership with my colleague, Leighton Fogan. Leighton has not only had a great career already on the nonprofit path, but is an absolute scholar when it comes to professional development for leaders in our sector. Leighton and I divide up what amounts to at least a dozen special resources that you can explore that will accelerate your journey along the path. We divided up these resources into three basic categories. Number one, things you can access on your computer right now. Number two, these are opportunities that require a little more networking uh, and interaction to fully take advantage of them. And then the third category, opportunities that require a real commitment, an investment of time and energy, things like graduate education programs and certifications. But all in all, you are in for a treat. And uh, as always, know that these resources will be linked in our show notes so you can capture them and explore at your leisure. As always, thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can be sure to get not only these releases, but episodes like this one that provide bonus content for you as you move along the path to nonprofit leadership. If you're not sure where to go, the best place is com. Go to our podcast link. And you can check this and all of our episodes out and get the information associated with the episode. Without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Leighton Fogan. Leighton, thanks for joining me on the path. Yeah, thanks for having me, Patton. You and I have had great conversations about a variety of professional development resources, so I'm excited to have this conversation with you to explore I guess, three different categories of many of the resources that you have pursued yourself and researched. And I think this will be a real benefit to our listeners. But before we get into that content, uh, why don't you share a little bit about your journey along the nonprofit path? Okay, I'd love to do that. So I began my journey um, in college. I did a few internships with development departments at local nonprofits, um, and I loved development and fundraising. So when I graduated, I decided to do a year of full-time service with AmeriCorps. And I was placed uh, here in Charlotte at a healthcare organization, uh, one that you've already featured in the podcast. That's right. And um, that was a wonderful experience. Um, I just got to see really so many aspects of working at a nonprofit. So everything from operations, to programming, to boards, to fundraising. Um, and it was, you know, just a, just a really good kind of entry into the nonprofit world. Uh, with our conversation today about professional development, I will add in to this that AmeriCorps, at the time, I'm not sure what the program requires now, but at the time that I was going through the, through the program, required members to attend monthly trainings and so that for me was, you know, not only entry into the nonprofit world and a career, but also my first experience with professional development and really just how important and beneficial it 
it is and can be. Uh, so I was just really fortunate to have those trainings as I was right. coming back here. When I completed service with AmeriCorps, I moved to New York City. Um, I, I had been an English major and a women and gender studies minor in college. And of course, as I've just mentioned, my experience in college and right after was all in the social sector and with nonprofits and the corporate and business world, uh, because that is, of course, tied so closely to fundraising. Um, and I just, I had never taken an economics class. I had never taken a finance class. So I felt like I just didn't have um, just, you know, an understanding of, of kind of that realm of, of the private sector. So when I moved to New York, I took a corporate job and worked during the day. And then at night, I took uh, business classes at a university in New York. And I just felt like that was a great way in terms of continuing education uh, to get a better understanding of business and finance so that I could have some of those skills before moving back into fundraising and development. So once I got the business certificate, I also got a nonprofit management certificate, and then I left my corporate job and went back into fundraising and development. And um, that, you know, brings me here, here today. That's fantastic. And, and what a great example. I mean, so you knew coming out of college, you did want to work in the nonprofit sector eventually. Uh, yeah. You kind of built your resume, obviously, through great experience on both nonprofit and for-profit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it, you know, it, being in the nonprofit world was, was really a goal of mine. Um, and within, you know, the fundraising and development world, particularly, I just really loved it. Um, I think, you know, this was 15, 20 years ago when I was, was kind of looking to shape my career uh, nowadays. And as we'll get to later in our conversation, particularly with continuing education, there are so many opportunities to take classes, both undergrad and graduate programs that can be highly tailored to the nonprofit world. Um, you know, when I was, when I was doing this, it, it wasn't, there weren't as many available. And so my path might be a little, um, you know, kind of untraditional in terms of taking a few years off from the nonprofit world so that I could work at a corporation and also take business classes. Um, you know, I may have done it a little bit differently if I were doing it in 2020. Right. But what a great example you are of uh, someone who is focused on continuing education, professional development. And that's why I knew you'd be the perfect conversationist on this uh, topic um, because you yourself ex- have experienced it. And before we get into some of the resources you have uh, explored and experienced yourself, as you know, I'm asking each guest about their organizational productivity habits. Um, and so wonder if you might share what uh, helps you keep track. I've certainly seen it evidence as you work with our clients and mm-hmm. with many nonprofit professionals, you have things together. How do you do that, Layton? Well, my number one resource, and it's very old school, but I use a paper planner. Uh, it is gigantic, it's <laughs> bound, and it has um, a daily section and, and then also a monthly section. So I can sit down and write out essentially hour by hour what my day can look like. And then I can also look a month ahead um, for some of the bigger events and happenings uh, to you know forecast some of the work that's going to happen around those. But for me, it's really sitting down with a pen and putting pen to paper. What I need to be organized 
uh, with. So. Uh, that's great. And I, I've enjoyed this question with many of our guests. Uh, I do think there's still uh, many who uh, rely on the analog, I call it, <laughs> versions of, of mm -hmm. productivity, uh, putting pen to paper, as you say, it, despite all the digital resources we have available to us, still good to write it down. And so that's great to hear. Um, well, let's jump into the what we've, I guess, divided in three categories. And I like, Leighton, how you frame this uh, in terms of resources that someone could uh, pursue um, in, in varying degrees of intensity, if you will. So the first section we'll talk about uh, are very specific opportunities. Literally, you could pull up to your computer and take advantage of them right away based on your needs. Then we'll talk about some of the networking and community-based resources that uh, so many of our communities have if we take advantage of them. And then finally, we'll talk about, I guess, what we'll call continuing education, a little bit more intensive, but opportunities I think every nonprofit professional should be considering, especially if they aspire to senior leadership. Um, so that's our outline. And um, I guess let's start with that first one. As you've said, Leighton, what are some of the best virtual or online resources that, that you have seen and that our listeners might consider? One of my absolute favorites is a website called nonprofitready.org. Uh, it has over 500 free learning resources. Um, I have used it often. I have done video trainings from everything about, you know, from accounting and budgeting, the guides that you can download. Uh, there are online courses you can take. And it's not just a fundraising focused uh, website or a marketing website. If you are in accounting and finance, if you're in volunteer management, um, if you're in, you know, any of a number of roles at a nonprofit, that is a great one. Fantastic. Uh, um, another one that I really, really like is candid.org. That's C-A-N-D-I-D.org. This website is actually a combination of the Foundation Center and GuideStar. So they recently joined and have combined their resources under candid.org. So I think it's just a great um, kind of <laughs> lack of a better term to use one-stop shopping. You can just right. get to candid.org. And if you are looking for trainings, webinars, if you're looking to research, you know, do any type of funding research, if you're looking for 990s, uh, this, this is just a great spot to land and be directed in different areas, um, you know, of your need. Uh, but again, in terms of professional development, you'll find the webinars, you'll find the online trainings, you'll find uh, just various content that can be great for professional development. That's fantastic. And I, I think when you first told me, I think a lot of us didn't realize that merger, if you will, mm -hmm. of those two uh, online entities that even occurred. So great to know. And, and by the way, for those of you driving or running or whatever exercise you're doing, uh, all of these uh, resources Layton's referencing will, of course, be in the show notes. So you'll be able to get to them and check them out right away. But those sound like some good ones already. Others in that category, I guess, Leighton, that you would say, you know, if you need quick resources, uh, and, and of course, I can't help but notice the, you've uh, proven that a lot of these are free. So these mm -hmm. are not like you have to kind of get a subscription or pay for these wonderful resources and information. Right. 
So there are, of course, other resources. Um, I will describe kind of two general areas that you could look. One would be um, you can join local chapters of a professional's association, but you can also access their website. Often they'll have the free webinars um, and, you know, other content that you can use if you can't get to the in-person opportunities. So two that I would suggest here would be the Young Nonprofit Professionals Network. Uh, this is great, as it suggests, for young nonprofit professionals who are right. just kind of entering into the world of nonprofits. Um, there are a lot of resources on its website. Another one to access is the National, National Association of Nonprofit Professionals. So if there is not a local chapter that you can join, uh, you can also use their website to gain access to their online trainings, their webinars, and their, their resources as well. That's excellent. So like YPN, uh, if you don't have one in your community, these are two resources that um, offer a lot of uh, online value. But it's worth checking, I guess, in both cases, whether there is one in your community, because you could actually participate in person. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's fantastic. Are there others in this category that you would lift up? That's already some great ones. Um, And I think some of the ones we'll talk about in our other categories may have online activity as well. But in this first section, what else might you add? Or is that where you would go? Well, you can also look uh, specifically at your role at a nonprofit and look at an association that, you know, is, is specific to your role. So for me, being in fundraising, um, I'm a member of the Association of Fundraising Professionals, um, which has the local chapter, but they also have uh, their kind of global presence. And I have done webinars, um, trainings. I have downloaded content and guides from the AFP Global website. So great point. Another I found one too, I guess in a similar category, latent board source. Um, I would bet most people would use it or should use it given their online resources. But have you found that one to be uh, helpful as well? Absolutely. Uh, We use board source you know, quite frequently. Um, I think they have excellent materials when it comes to, uh, you know, anything from a board member assessment to, um, you know, guidelines for putting together your bylaws for a board. Uh, They have really, really wonderful resources. Yeah, I've used them as well. Job descriptions, uh, and they certainly get into all the strategic issues from planning to nominating to anything related to board governance and leadership. Uh, in fact, I am a fan of their, I guess now it's uh, every other year, the Board Source Leadership Forum, BLF, which we'll link to. But in fact, the next one is coming up this May, May 7 and 8 in St. Louis. So for those that uh, are particularly into board-related issues, perhaps something to get your board chair and executive director both to consider uh, board Source Leadership Forum, St. Louis, May 7 and 8. You want to move to our second category, Layton? I guess the, um, the, again, using these in graduated terms of intensity, everything we talked about in the first category, again, is literally uh, available to you uh, at your home computer. 
Let's talk now about if getting out more in the community, uh, networking. What are some of the options for a nonprofit professional there? One of the first places we would suggest looking is um, at your local community organizations. These are typically going to be your grant-making organizations. So I would suggest looking at your community foundation or your local United Way or um, if if your community has an arts council or anything along those lines. These organizations typically have events that they'll host um, and just opportunities to get together with either other professionals in your field or organizations that are doing similar work to yours. Um, They're just, they're fantastic for networking and not only getting to know uh, individuals in your community, but also issues that your community is facing. So these are, those are great places to start kind of broadly in your community. It's a great, great ideas. Uh, Those types of community-based organizations are likely getting funding from key philanthropists, businesses, and so forth in your community. Uh, They're likely awarding grants in many cases to some of the key nonprofits in town. So if you're new to a community, it's important to know who the United Way is supporting, who the Arts Council is supporting, where the community foundation is spending its time and energy. I also find, Leighton, it's good to explore who's on their boards of directors because that often is indicative of some of the, you know, business, corporate, and philanthropic leadership in your town. They're serving on the United Way board or the Community Foundation board. And as you said, they often are are, uh, including programming for all types of volunteers and staff. Another place I would suggest looking is, uh, you know, kind of taking a a bigger look outside of your own community um, would be state organizations that your state may have. So here we have the North Carolina Center for Nonprofits. Um, This is one of those that kind of falls into both of our categories, both online and virtual opportunities, and then also in-person opportunities. So the North Carolina Center for Nonprofits will host uh, town halls and meetings and events around the state of North Carolina. It also offers free trainings and webinars. Um, I'll be taking a few actually in the, in the next few weeks. Um, so it's a, it's a great resource. And you, know, you can just simply look into your state if they have a center or a council for nonprofits. I think something else that's really important here is, as you've just mentioned with kind of the, the local organizations and knowing who's involved and, and the key issues that your local community faces and some of the data that can, that, you know, can come out of that. When you look at your state centers, they also produce really good content and data that is statewide, which can be really important, um, especially if the work that you do goes into other regions in your state. It's, it's just critical to have a, a full understanding of, of your state at large instead of, you know, we can often get siloed in the work that we do. Um, Right. And it's just your state as well. I think it's such a good point. And I think it strengthens our case for support uh, for nonprofit funding. Obviously, the work we do maybe is limited to the community, the county, the region, but to amplify the cause that you're trying to address, uh, what better way to do it than to talk about the entire state's issue or challenge and what your organization is trying to do to help 
you know, be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, another place to look would be, again, if you, if you look at your role specific at a nonprofit and the association or a membership group that is associated with your role. So as we've already discussed, um, here I belong to AFP and I can attend the, they have monthly learning luncheons, um, they have events, and it's just a fantastic way to not only gain professional development in the topics that they're presenting and I'm learning about, but also be with peers and um, network and meet new people. Uh, So I've really enjoyed being a part of of AFP. There are other associations specific to your role uh, with local chapters that you can look into. Yeah, I'd lift up uh, one or two. I've been involved with the North Carolina Council of Charitable Gift Planners, formerly known as the Plan Giving Council. And I think that is an organization that exists in many states. So to your point, Leighton, if someone is interested in or works specifically in the plan giving area of fundraising, then they ought to get involved in their state's association. And sometimes uh, they do have chapters uh, within certain communities. So I've heard of other associations too in uh, prospect research, of course, marketing communications, but I guess that's your point, right? That whatever your area of professional uh, expertise, there are likely opportunities to get additional training and or networking. Yes, absolutely. Uh, There's also the Grant Professionals Association. um, And you can also look into not just your role at the nonprofit, but the sector that your nonprofit is in. So if we're in the the world of advancement and higher education, uh, there's the Council for Advancement and Support of Education case. Uh, there's also um, healthcare associations if you're in the world of healthcare. So there's a few different lenses that you can you can look through this with. That's a great point. You're right. I, I think just about every subsector within nonprofit has an association, and so it's worth investigating that, seeing what opportunities exist. Often they have job boards too, which for those of you that are aspiring to join the nonprofit sector, if you're into arts and culture, look at that uh, arena. If you're into human services or uh, healthcare, as you suggest, those are often places to go to, to investigate opportunities. Um, well, Leighton, we've talked about the uh, on-site opportunities for professional development at your computer. We've now talked about getting out into your community, understanding the resources that exist and their, frankly, association to the state level uh, and the opportunities there. Uh, I guess our third category is what I would describe as you know, real investment in your education, continuing education to be exact. So talk about what, what that means to you and what are some of the opportunities for someone really ready to, to dive in? Sure. Well, I think that there are um, a few ways to look at this. So as you've said, the continuing education track will likely be more time intensive because the goal may be to receive a certificate or degree of some sort. So these are going to be, you know, at least a one to, you know, two or three year commitment, just depending upon the time um, that you can allow to to do the courses. So that's one way to look at it. Um, I would also suggest that, uh, listeners don't shy away from continuing education because of the time commitment. I have taken one-off classes 
at universities through continuing education programs um, without the goal of getting a degree or a certificate, but with the goal of either finessing a skill that I already have or gaining a little bit more knowledge around something. So for example, um, when I was in New York, I knew that we had a year coming up at my organization where we had a lot of grant proposals that were going to be on the docket. And so I took a class at a local university about grant writing just to, again, kind of refresh the skills that I had and help me think outside the box a little bit in terms of the grant writing that I was going to be doing and that I knew was coming up. So if you can forecast projects that you have or something that may be on the horizon for your organization, like a capital campaign or a strategic plan, uh, anything like that, you could also see if you could take a class at a local university during that time to help with your, uh, with your skills and your understanding around that. That's such a great point. And, and I agree. I think many folks that uh, assume that a graduate degree might be beneficial to their career advancement, but you know, for whatever reason, can't dive in. But most of those programs, as you suggest, would indeed register you for a single class. It'd be a good way to test it and see maybe if you're ready to go further with a full graduate admission. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if you are ready to go forward with, with the full program, or if that is your original intent, um, there are many programs nowadays to look into. Um, and some you can look at for certificates. Um, others you could look at for you know, actual graduate degrees. So that, again, would just be something that you needed to, to decide what might be best for your professional goals and for your career. For their certificates um, in the fundraising world, we have the CFRE and the ACFRE, which is the Advanced Certified Fundraising Executive. Um, these can be obtained in various ways. Um, I would advise paying attention if you're looking to get your CFRE uh, as you're signing up for webinars and trainings, oftentimes these online resources may offer some CFRE credits. Um, other times you'll of course need to look through AFP or specific uh, organizations to get the CFRE credits, but always pay attention to that when you're doing your, your various professional development um, items. That's a great point. And, uh these certifications, um, particularly for those of you in the fundraising space, I think is the CFRE and then ultimately the, what is the graduate, if not doctoral level of CFRE would be the ACFRE. Um, but it, it is a reminder to just continue uh, your education because those are not certificates that you can get once and be done. They do require the recertification as you suggest. Right. Um, there are also nonprofit management certificates um, and, you know, various other certificates that, that could be interesting and, and good for your professional development and your professional goals. And one thing I think, Leighton, I've advised, um, if you're wondering, well, do I need this certificate? Do I need this degree? Um, explore the job descriptions of your aspirational position. If you want to be an executive director someday, you might want to look at some of the current executive directors in your community and, and see whether or not they have uh, these certifications or these credentials. Um, 
And it's often a good uh, conversation starter as you network with aspirational colleagues. You might ask them, was it worth it? Do you think it was critical for you to get that graduate degree to, to get the job you're in now? Or did the CFRE help you achieve a senior level fundraising position? But uh, so to me, there is value in even exploring these, like you said, Leighton, taking, uh, you know, putting your foot in the water and take a class if you're not sure, but also use conversations with folks to determine the value that they found. And maybe that'll strengthen your resolve to pursue it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Any others in this, uh, I guess, what we'll call the final category of, of more investment in long-term continuing education? Yes, uh, you could you know, then look into graduate programs. So that would, of course, be more time-intensive than a, a certificate program. Um, but here in North Carolina, we have quite a few. Um, in Charlotte, uh, CPCC, Central Piedmont Community College, offers continuing education courses, um, not graduate, but continuing education, which is a you know, good opportunity locally. Uh, UNCC has a certificate in nonprofit management. Um, for the graduate level, uh, Duke University, Wake Forest University, um, both have options there as well. That's a great point. And, and likely in most medium-sized communities or larger across the United States, check out your community college, right? They, they likely have programming and, and also likely your area universities, both public and private, often have, as you've noted before, certificate programs, courses that you could audit one at a time, and what you're saying are full graduate degree programs now as well. Yes. That is a fantastic array of uh, resources and opportunities, Leighton. I guess I'm looking at my notes. Uh, We'll wrap all of these up into our show notes, but there is easily a dozen different uh, opportunities for someone to look into. So thank you for making this episode chock full of professional development opportunities for those uh, exploring the nonprofit path. Thank you for having me. It was fun to discuss all of this. Well, thank you for being a great resource. Speaking of resources, as you know, uh, a fan of books in the professional development sphere. Uh, Anything you have read lately or perhaps read a while ago and still recommend that you would put on the book list for us? Well, I I don't have a book uh, because time can be very limited these days for me. Uh, I love to read. <laughs> yes, indeed. Where but where do you go for, for that reading? Yeah, where do you go? My resources will be online. So two that I really, really enjoy are Chronicle of Philanthropy and Philanthropy News Digest. Um, I think what's really great about both of these uh, websites and organizations is that not only do you get very timely news uh, and news about current events and what's happening in the world of philanthropy, but I also use both of them for for research uh, because I, of course, archive all of their articles, and I just think that they have uh, really excellent uh, content and data. So I think that they're both good for current events and then also for looking back. So those would be my recommendation. It's fantastic. And while, yes, I know I'm promoting the hardcover books, 
Uh, it is important to note that many in our audience, like you, <laughs> are on the run and, and need to consume their content in other ways. And those are two excellent resources that all of us, frankly, could bookmark and or subscribe to to get up to the minute of philanthropy information. So thank you, Leighton. Really appreciate the conversation. Once again, we'll have lots of these, in fact, all of these resources in the associated show notes. So Leighton, thanks again. Thanks, Patton. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Leighton Fogan and captured a number of items that could quite possibly be added to your professional development plan. Maybe it was some links to support your research and the different skills and experiences you need, or maybe it is some networking opportunities with other like-minded professionals, maybe even some of these big ticket items you've been pondering as well, like a CFRE or maybe even a graduate degree. Whatever you're doing to uh, accelerate your journey on the path, I hope this bonus episode was helpful. And thanks, as always, for listening. And maybe consider subscribing if you have not already so that you will benefit from our weekly episodes as well as editions uh, like this one that we're putting out periodically as bonus content. Um, don't forget, share this episode with someone else on the path particularly given the resources provided that might help them uh, as well. Thanks for all you're doing in the nonprofit sector and for your efforts to get better so that you can better serve causes that are meaningful to you. Have a great week, and I will look forward to seeing you next time on The Path.